0: I'm Rebecca Pete and I'm Rebecca
1: Cochran and And welcome welcome to Woven where we strive to be Christians living in the world with intention and our prayer is that to paraphrase Mary Zimmer the Christ who knew Mary and Martha would show us the way of balance thanks Thanks for for listening. listening
0: okay welcome back everybody we are starting a new series Yes, I don't know what number episode we're on, but that's totally fine. Uh, But we're gonna start a new series on spiritual disciplines, and don't, don't, don't get out of.
1: Hold on, don't, don't shut it off yet. Don't shut it off yet. (laughs) Stay with us for just a second. (laughs) Yes, what spiritual disciplines isn't scary? If I was listening to a podcast, I listened to like for fun and enjoyment, and they told me to add to my to do list, I would turn it off. But that's not what we're doing, so that's why I'm saying stay tuned. (laughs) This is not another thing on your to do list. This is how to do spiritual disciplines. Like, in your life, not adding one more thing that you have to check off at the end of the day, but incorporating them into your life. And we have a guest for that today. Yeah, I thought
0: I was starting the episode. (laughs) I know, but I just,
1: I got nervous. (laughs) I'm like, if if I were listening to this, I would turn it off and be like, nope. So, I just had to interject. Okay, so
0: we're going to do normal person spiritual disciplines, not, no, yes. not a monk up in a mountain spiritual disciplines. Yes. Okay, so anyways, we're, ha- we're starting to some <laughs> spiritual disciplines that we hope is going to be super practical, but not guilt-ridden. Yes. Um, <laughs> and we have Courtney back today. Courtney Ellis, if you um, remember, we had her on a few months ago for her book, Uncluttered, and she's back Um, And she's got a new book coming out called Almost Holy Mama. And it's about how to do spiritual disciplines or practice spiritual disciplines or live a life of spiritual discipline. She'll do a better job of explaining this than me in the midst of really busy time of life, more specifically parenting. So welcome, Courtney, for being here. Hi. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So just in
0: case people didn't listen before And now they will after this because it's going to be so amazing. They're going to go back and listen to the other episode. But um, just in case they didn't listen before, can you give a brief like just synopsis of who you are?
2: Yeah, I am a mom of three. I've got a six-year-old, a three-year-old, and a six-month-old, two boys and a girl. I live in Southern California, but I am not from here. Um, I'm from the woods. I grew up in the forest in Wisconsin, which explains why I wear hiking boots to the park, um, <laughs> which is not the norm in Southern California. <laughs> it is not the norm. Um, but yeah, I'm a pastor. I work at a church, and that's another reason people might want to turn this podcast off, because <laughs> who, is, who is a pastor to tell you about spiritualism? right. I clearly have it all figured out. Uh, No. Um, But I write books out of desperation in my own life. So I wrote Mm -hmm. Uncluttered because I was drowning in clutter. And I wrote Almost Holy Mama because I was in this season of young parenthood and I was, well, I'm still in it. And I was exhausted Mm -hmm. and I needed more Jesus. And so I would read these books on spiritual practices that were like, take an hour in quiet Mm -hmm. prayer every morning. And I was like, are you insane? Like, do you know my life? I'm, I'm getting up at 545 with a baby and if i get up an hour before that i will literally die yeah. yeah um so i just wanted i wanted to live this journey as a young parent that wasn't based on guilt it wasn't based on exhausted striving it was i know jesus loves me and how can I experience that love when I'm so tired my eyelids hurt? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there a way to find Jesus in the midst of Laundry Mountain and the never-ending nursing yeah. sessions and the the kindergartner who knows absolutely everything? Yeah. Um, where is Jesus? Too. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when she writes a book on doing spiritual disciplines in the midst of busy motherhood, she legitimately yeah. can, can speak to this because not only— so you have three small children, but you and your husband both work as pastors. So super busy, and you write we books, do, and you write books and blog and come on podcasts like this. So I mean, your life is legitimately busy. Um, and what I love about the book, um, we'll go into a second about more of why you wrote it. But what I love about the book is that you're doing it. Um, I love books that do this. I'm trying to think of another example of a book that does this. But like you're, you've challenged yourself, and you're like journaling it as you're t- doing these challenges and so we get to see into like the ups and downs of it which Mm -hmm. I really I like that style doing it besides instead of just saying do this this is how you do this xyz I like how you're you're just like okay so here's a day in the life of me while I was trying to do this and we'll talk about it more when we get into the book but um I guess let's start with when we're saying spiritual practices or spiritual disciplines what do we mean because a lot of people may think different things so what are you saying um in the book about spiritual disciplines? How would you describe them?
2: I would describe them. So it's it's often used interchangeably, spiritual practices and spiritual disciplines, mm-hmm. but I've grown to really hate the word discipline because mm-hmm. I feel like that's my whole life. Like I should, I should exercise yeah. more. I should eat better. I should X, Y, Z. And so the yeah. practice part I love because it's like, you're not going to, nail it ever, Um, but just keep showing up. So spiritual practices are ways of encountering God in our daily life. So it's, there are literally dozens, if not hundreds of them, things like prayer, things like reading scripture, as simple as those things, all the way to practices like the examine, which I know you guys are going to talk about on a future podcast, which is a way of um, going back over your day and realizing where God was showing up for you. Mm -hmm. Um, the, The high moments, the low moments. Um, practices like celebration, practices like service, hospitality. Um, so almost anything we do as Christians is a spiritual practice in a way, if we begin to invite God in. Um, practices like contemplation that I'd never really thought about before. What does it mean to just think about Jesus? Yeah. Just open yourself up to Jesus meeting with you. Mm-hmm, um yeah. So there is a whole range and they are based in scripture. They are rooted in scripture. They started in scripture and they've been practiced by faithful Christians for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, But we've kind of lost them a little bit in the modern church. So it's this idea of going back because God is so excited to pour love and grace and peace and hope into us um, when we start showing up. Um, An author I love described it as God wants to shine the sun on you and pour the living water on you, but you've got to go outside. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Spiritual disciplines are a way of just getting up and going outside and then God does the rest. So how do we, how do we get
0: outside? Yeah. What I also love too, is I feel like they're kind of like an intentional anchor. So, Mm -hmm. um, like, so no matter how you do them, hey, and that's what we're going to talk about in a second is some ideas on how to do this in busy seasons, but no matter how you do it, it's like always something you can come back to. So it's yeah. kind of like an anchor and it's very intentional. Like we're just not flitting through life. And that's kind of where where I want to go next is as a parent, why is it important for us as busy moms who have a gajillion other things to do. So it, it may seem like we're just adding something else to our to-do list. Like what, what is important? Why, why, how could this help our parenting? How can this help our relationship with God? Like, why do we need to be intentional? Um, not, not legalistic, but intentional about these things. Absolutely. Yeah. The intentional
2: piece is, is a great way to describe it because it's not, I was going to read the Bible for an hour every day and I missed one day. So I failed and I might as well not even try, right? Yeah. It's this yeah. intentionality of there are peaks and there are valleys, but we keep coming back to it, right? Yeah. We come back and God is there. We come back and God is present. We come back, we come back, we come back. And, and that I think is the journey. And it's, it's the same with almost anything else in our life, right? We decide that um, one day, you know, one of my things I've been learning this year is how to put on makeup. Uh, mm-hmm. Rebecca Cochran, you would appreciate this. I'm not a makeup person, but I'm like, this would be fun for me to know. Yeah. But I'm going to get it wrong, and I'm going to have a week where I'm, like, not into it, right? Yeah, but you yeah. keep coming back, and you learn things, and you yeah. grow, and you realize, like, dark ruby red is not my color. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I tried. It was sad. It was a sad day. Uh, usually, my nine year old daughter tells me what makeup is good for me and what is not. Um, and, and it reminds me of your story yesterday when you tried to wear overalls. I tried to wear
1: overalls yesterday, and Penny said, You look like a minion. And I was like, I do. I look like a minion.
2: So, I like love her. the no filter of kids. You know, know, my son is like, mommy, it looks like there's a baby in your tummy. I'm like, that's
1: because you were in
0: my tummy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that one too. That one's super fun. That's super fun when they say it out loud at the, at the swimming pool. That happened to it's me last summer. It's always at the pool. Yeah. it's always very loud. Yeah, yeah, it's super fun. Yeah, that's I great. hear about
1: my big butt a lot.
0: Yeah, it's so cool. awesome. <laughs> Anyways, so... I, I in the first chapter of the book, you talk about that, that you thought there was two real options for spiritual disciplines of being a parent. Either it's impossible or it's possible if I try harder. And then you go into what the third way is. So what did you find out the third way was?
2: Yeah, I think often we're bad at the church in not preaching the gospel of try harder. Like you yeah. could be a better Christian if you would just try harder. You could yeah. be a better mom if you would just try harder, a better wife, a better this, a better that. And nowhere in the gospel is Jesus like, guys, really try harder. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And and so I was just at this place of really deep discouragement a couple of years ago because I, you know, I'm a pastor. Like of all people, I should be connected to Jesus. And I just wasn't. I was yeah. so tired. I would read my Bible just to prep for church events, but I wasn't reading it for me. And so the guilt and the shame and... Um, so I tried harder, and it just didn't work. There was yeah. nothing left in the tank. You can't try harder when there's no fuel. Yeah. Um, and so I started really praying and talking to mentors and friends and saying, like, I need Jesus. I'm not sure how to find more Jesus. I can't. there is no more time. It's not because I'm being lazy. It's not because I'm, you know, spending hours on Facebook. There just is no more time. I have needy kids and, there's a lot going on and and God really started to say, like i'm I'm already here. Yeah. what are you doing? already. Mm-hmm. And some days that was the only time I had to myself was showering, you know, for seven minutes while the baby screamed in the bouncy seat that he mm-hmm. hated, but he was very safe in, right? So yeah. there's yeah. seven minutes that I had or folding the laundry or cooking dinner or driving to the pediatrician. That was all I had. And God said, I'm there, no. I'm there. Like, how can, how can I show you how much I love you in that car ride or in that laundry folding? And so I started thinking about how I could fold in these spiritual practices to things I was already doing. So it wasn't guilt. It wasn't shame. It was, you're already in the shower. Take one of those wipe off markers and write some scripture in the shower. And suddenly I'm getting clean and I'm soaking in the beatitudes. And God Mm -hmm. is like, I'm here. Blessed are the poor in spirit. That's you, sweetie. Right? Like that's you right now. And I'm here. Um, And it transformed my life. It transformed my parenting and not because I nailed it. This whole book is about how many ways I found to fail yeah. and days where I was like, it's not even that I want to do it and it didn't, I don't even want to do it. Like I'm admitting it. I don't feel yeah. like praying right now. Yeah, um, yeah. But that over the course of this year, God showed up so powerfully for me and continues to show up so powerfully for me and for our family. Some of these were family practices. Some of them were individual. Mm-hmm. Um, but it helped me to see my life in a totally different way that God had been there and was there all along.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Where like so? Where do you think, as a pastor, like where does all of this guilt come in for us? Because I I recently was thinking about this because I've been feeling for a while. I'm really glad we're doing this episode because I've been feeling very much like this is just one more thing to do, and then I don't do it, and then I'm in the guilt and shame, and I'm like, well, I'll try tonight, and then I'm too tired to read my Bible. Or whatever, it's like a whole thing. So I found myself in this place where I look at spiritual disciplines as something I have to give to God. And recently, I feel like I've been getting this message that it is more about me going to him to receive what I need, which it is. But I think a lot of times when we're in that place, we think like one more thing to give. I have to go give thanks. I have to go praise. Like it it feels like this thing you're supposed to give. But recently I've been realizing that I'm supposed to go to receive like fuel for the day. So can you talk a little bit about like the difference in those and how I think a lot of us look at it the first way, right? Like a lot of us think like, oh, I have to go like Give God X, Y, and Z.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think especially for folks who, who grow up in the church, part Mm -hmm. of the kind of youth culture of the church is this focus on devotional life and all of that is super important. But it was sometimes couched as God is there waiting for you and he was just waiting and you didn't show up. And, you know, and so there's this, this spiral of like, try harder starting at age 13 and God needs you. And, and I think that reframing that as, you know, God, God is the giver of all good things. And God wants to show up with grace and peace and hope and this overflowing living water. Um, And that's what I found with these disciplines is I'd show up and sometimes begrudgingly um, or driving the car and the kids are screaming in the back and I don't want to be here. And God is like, I love you. And I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) come again. Right. I'm not a bad mom and a bad pastor and a bad wife. And did you hear me yell at them just now? Cause we're out of hummus and I don't know what they want me to do. (laughs) Um, And I think reframing that is so helpful that these disciplines, you know, these, these disciplines sounds like work out more, Mm -hmm. try harder and practices sounds like, you know, the coach is there with you Mm -hmm. because the coach is like, Hey, I want you to, to find strength in me. And it's not about try harder, be stronger. It's about keep showing up and I'm going to pour this on you until you are so soaked with grace. You can't help but give it out to other people.
0: Um, but I think the church
2: is not good at that, especially with younger folks. We kind of preach the gospel of, um, moralistic therapeutic deism, right? Just, (laughs) And and the, the, the gospel of pressure, 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 pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard with the kids because, you know, I have a six-year-old and a three-year-old and everything's really black and white. Yeah. It's, is this good or bad? Is this right or wrong? And you try to talk about nuance and they just glaze over. Yeah. But as we grow into the faith, we can start to realize this more mature perspective that um, God's not waiting for us to perform well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. God. God just wants to love on us. It's like our kids, you know, if, if they're crying, they hurt their knee, they're across the room, they're crying and you're like, come and sit on my lap and you'll feel better. Mm -hmm. Um, but sometimes they're not ready for that. So they just hurt more, but when they're ready, then there's this love and yeah. So I think that reframing it that way kind of takes decades if you grew up in, in the church for all its good things. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's really good. So as you're going through, so for, for those of you that haven't read it yet, but you will read it because you're going to order it after this, but um, <laughs> there, she takes 30 days to work on each spiritual practice that she's decided to do. So, you know, for example, one of them is car rides and contemplation. So for 30 days, you committed to contemplating when you were doing a car ride, when you were driving carpool or whatever. So which of the 30 day blocks was your favorite?
2: Oh, that's a fun question. Um, They were... Because I have my my favorites from reading. Like my kids, they're all my favorites in different ways. Um... (laughs) No, I think the one that really surprised me is I was working with this wonderful editor as I was working on this book, and she said, you know, you're preaching against this gospel of try harder, but still a lot of your disciplines and practices kind of fall into this. I need to I need to show up with God in a certain way. And she said, what would you think about a practice that was just pure joy? And I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> she yeah. said, well, maybe you should explore that a little bit. So the final chapter of the book is on the spiritual practice of celebration, which yeah. I'd thought about and I don't do well. Yeah. Um, and, and it was really a challenge for me. And and um, it won't be for other folks who are good at celebrating and like that sort of thing. But I just have always had this kind of joyless perspective on Christianity, like try harder, do more, love Jesus, give all your money away. Don't yeah. wear makeup because it's pretty and fun. Um, <laughs> and so what did it mean to just celebrate, to just yeah. enjoy. So as part of that practice, I live 20 minutes from the ocean, um, was I had to go to the beach twice a week. Yeah. And I didn't have to spend any money. I didn't have to do anything, but I had to go. Uh-huh. And I just resisted and resisted mm-hmm. and resisted it. But every time I drive to the beach, I was like, this is amazing. God is so beautiful. Like mm-hmm. I, just, But the resistance in me was shocking. And yeah. so I think that was my favorite chapter because I am still trying to live into that. What does it mean that God just rejoices in me? Um, and wants me to rejoice in him. And I live 20 minutes from the ocean. I'm closer to the ocean than my, than I am to the petting zoo my kids always want to go to. But we go to the petting zoo. Yeah, we don't right. go to the ocean. <laughs> like right. what is wrong?
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I one of the ones that struck me the car rides and contemplation mostly because I'm a living taxi service because my kids are nine and six, so I yes. literally live in the car. and um, it's it's I'm that's all I am. I'm a chauffeur. Um, that is the number one job description on my resume currently, and so I spend a lot of time in the car. And most of the time, I fill it with like multitasking. Right. So right. I fill it with I'm going to finish this podcast, or I'm going to finish this book, or I'm going to make these phone calls that I need to make and we're hands-free Georgia I do it hands-free um, <laughs> <laughs> but I you know I've got to make these appointments it's the perfect time to make these appointments or call my mom because I don't have any other time to call my mom so I'm gonna call her right now because right, that right. Off the list. you know and so I love what you said in the car as it got to place you said something about you were worried it was gonna be 30 days of nothing because right. that's kind of how I feel with like if I chose to do that in the car and I think one of the points of your book is like you don't everybody doesn't have to do it like this. Like right. it doesn't have to be car rides and contemplation. Your contemplation can happen in the shower or somewhere else, wherever you're, Yeah. You know? but like for me, it's, so that's my problem with contemplation is it feels unproductive. Like right. I'm a very productive orient, production oriented yes. person. So like reading my Bible makes sense to me. That's yes. productive. Like check, even check, praying, check. praying. Oh, I was a real Texan, right then. Even <laughs> praying, <laughs> um, even praying is productive because I'm like praying right. for everybody I'm supposed to be praying for, or mm-hmm. um, s- service. Like that makes sense to me for me to serve my kids. Like, yes. But I mean, it doesn't mean I do it. But it makes sense to me. It's a pr- <laughs> it's like
2: <hypothetically>. I've <laughs> got <gotten laughs> it
0: done. Like, but like things like contemplation. Or like listening prayer, which is another one you talk about. Like I feel like I'm wasting my time doing that, and I know it's yes. not true. But like my first thought is, I've got I've got other stuff I have to do, and that yeah. feels like if I do that for 30 days, and I try to do that for 30 days, then I've like wasted those 30 days. I could have gotten right. so much more done. So how did yeah. you get past that thinking? I think
2: one of the things I said at the beginning of that chapter was, "Why am I doing this? My pants won't even fit better at the end of this month, yes. right?" <laughs> like Yes, I've, I've done nothing. It's not even a prayer walk, right? Which might have some like cardio benefits. It's I'm sitting here and thinking about Jesus. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I had ne- I've never heard a sermon on contemplation. I had never heard a pastor talk about contemplation, and so it really did feel like starting with thirty days of nothing. Yeah. And in part, I started there because I had nothing to give. I had nothing to offer. I had a I think two month old baby at the time I started, and so I I knew I wasn't going to be able to. Read read any scripture. I was too tired. Um, I was on maternity leave and just surviving. Um, but I had to drive this baby places. I had to drive the preschooler to preschool. I had to drive this baby to the pediatrician. I had to drive. So I was like, how can God, how can I find God in the car? Because that is all I have. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think, you know, if you're thinking of entering into spiritual practices for the first time to just say, you know, what do I have? Um, I have a friend reading the book who said I'm a shut-in. Like, I don't drive my car anywhere, but one of the things I do is I have lunch and I can do that quietly and I can Mm -hmm. wait for God to show up um, rather than being on social media or rather than watching TV. Um, So I think that contemplation is just an invitation to show up with God and we can, we can have absolutely nothing to offer, and God meets us there. So it is starting with nothing, um, but that's grace. We got yeah. nothing.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, that's
0: really good. Yeah, no, that's good. I yeah, and and the this just idea like that I, I need to change my thinking that like a productive practice doesn't have to be a tangible productive. Like, and obviously it's still productive. Like it's still growing my relationship with God. I'm still learning things about myself. I'm learning things about him and what he thinks about me. Like that is productive. Like it's it's all productive, but like, it's not a tangible um, production. Like you're not, like you said, your pants aren't fitting better or what. Yeah. You've brought six meals to shut-ins. Yeah. Or I haven't like made all the phone calls I needed to make or finished the books I needed to book finish, for instance, before I do an interview. (laughs) Hypothetically. Yeah. And I think that was, that was one of the
2: reasons starting with contemplation was so great was because so much of my own spiritual striving throughout life had just been this try more, do, Mm -hmm. do more, try harder. And, and contemplation is the opposite of that. And, and so I didn't actually expect to see anything, any progress really by the end of the month. And I didn't feel that there had been any progress, you know, not the goal that the goal is always, no, I'm a spiritual giant, but I wanted to feel like something had happened. Yeah. yeah. And I remember talking to my friend, Anna and my, and my husband at the end of that 30 days and saying, you know, I kind of feel like this part of the experiment was a failure. And they were like, are you kidding? Like, we have seen a change in you. Like oh, yeah. you are less overwhelmed. You are more present. You are quieter in your spirit. And and it was so encouraging. And so I I often tell people, you know, if you're doing this, tell someone, tell your spouse, yeah. tell your kids, tell tell someone not as a they're checking up on you, but you may not see the progress that they see in you. Yeah. Um, and it was just really encouraging to me to feel like I showed up with nothing I didn't do much of anything and God met me there and there was transformation
1: yeah that kind of feeds into what I was going to ask you is like if we're trying to not have a production mindset but then how would we define success like how do we know if we've done well at these spiritual or spiritual practices right am I doing it right yeah
2: (laughs) is it Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's kind of the paradoxical question because it is just about showing up. But at the end of the day, we are doing these because we want to draw closer to Jesus. So how do you measure that? Can you measure that? Yeah. Um, And I think you, you can measure that ish, but it's, it's a, it's a soft measurement. So Mm -hmm. it's a, you know, I would have said that snippy thing, but I didn't today. And tomorrow I might say it again, but hopefully over the course of 20 years, like God softens my snippiness because I keep showing up with him. So I think asking those who know you the best Mm -hmm. is a helpful thing. And I think asking Jesus is a helpful thing to kind of shine the light on you were here and now you're here, um, but just realizing that uh, Micah, By- Micah Boyette wrote my foreword, and she talks about parenthood as this mountain climb, mm-hmm. and you never realize because it just goes up forever. But yeah. at some point, you turn around and there's this beautiful view that you wouldn't have seen from the base, and you you have this moment of oh my goodness, right? Like yeah. I'm I'm farther, I'm higher. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's slow, but it's it's beautiful when you when you stop and turn around. Yeah.
0: That's really good. So another thing is, so one thing that struck me was you talked about service as being a spiritual discipline, and um, which I thought was kind of interested in a book about busy parenting because I think we co- we constantly know that we're in service to a, to you know, these little bosses, like, like, I mean, we, we are tiny dictators, these tiny dictators. We wrote, we, we we're definitely the servants of these tiny dictators. And we're constantly serving in quotation marks. Mm -hmm. Like we are constantly changing diapers, feeding, driving them places. Like we Mm -hmm. are serving them. So that, but service is a spiritual discipline. (laughs) So how do we, practice the spiritual discipline of serving if we already feel like we're serving. Does that make sense? Does that question Absolutely. make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, it it
2: does. And and one of the reasons I wrote about service is because I was already doing it. So it (laughs) wasn't let me do more service. It was how can I find Jesus Mm -hmm. in the midst of what I'm already doing? And I even relegated it just to one hour a day. It wasn't gonna be because I'm serving my kids twenty-four hours a day. It was like, okay, we're gonna do this at bedtime. The bedtime hour, which is the most soul crushing time (laughs) of the day, if you have (laughs) tiny kids. Yes. I was like, How do I serve my kids? And part of that was I was always tempted to have a lot of social media going just because I was so tapped out. I didn't even want to like interface with them anymore. Like I'm washing your hair with one hand and I'm on my phone with the other hand in the bath. Um, So I I shut off my phone. I put my phone out of reach and I just said, Jesus, like, how would you serve my kids? Mm. And Jesus wasn't a pushover. You know, Jesus wasn't an enabler. So when my then four-year-old was like, I don't want to brush my teeth. I was like, but... I'm going to help you learn to brush your teeth. Like the goal was not do everything for everyone. The goal was serve my kids like Jesus would serve them. And I failed spectacularly. Um, But it was also so helpful to realize that Jesus was also there in that bathroom, in that bathtub, when my kid was melting down about having to brush his teeth again, because we do that like day day, right? <laughs> we our teeth. Um, that Jesus saw me in the midst of that. Um, so the goal was not service and martyrdom, right? We kind of can get in that mindset right, as parents, yeah. like, let me just do this for you too. And this other thing for you. And aren't you appreciating me yet? The goal was to remember that Jesus was there um, and to serve as he would serve. Mm-hmm. And it was a tremendous challenge. And, uh, but I was already doing it. I just wanted to remember that Jesus was there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I liked what you said about, um, cause I think I, I, we all say this and I feel like every church says this, I, um, that we need to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Yeah. Um, and to how that's, like-
2: Jesus still has his hands and feet. He rose <laughs> in his body. Like he still has them.
0: So I, thought, so I love that you are like, Jesus is Jesus. It's they not- belong
2: to him. We have our own. Yes. 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 So
0: it's not us. It's not us being Jesus it's us being us but Jesus through us I thought that was a really good distinction can you talk about that just a little
2: bit more yeah it's you know we the whole what would Jesus do is Mm -hmm. is a really interesting discussion but it's also like what would Jesus have me do right Mm -hmm. Jesus wasn't a 36 year old mom of three young kids so what would Jesus have me do what is Jesus empowering me to do how is Jesus walking with me in what I have to do yeah um yeah, so there is, there's a difference there. And, and Jesus Jesus still has his hands and feet. We are, we are our own hands and feet and Jesus works through us. So how would, you know, when my son is melting down in the bath um is jesus calling me to be extra patient is jesus calling me to draw a boundary is jesus mm-hmm. calling me right to get out the bubble bath because we've all had a long day what what is it that jesus is calling me to do which is a harder question and i think a better question mm-hmm. and and god wants to meet us in that because now all of a sudden it's not about me being a hero me being a savior mm-hmm. it's about me connecting with the source of life who's going to give me that energy and that grace Or maybe not. Maybe just show up and say, yeah, it's been a day. I see you. You are seen. You are loved. Um, Get them into bed and then find all the chocolate.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. And I want to talk about that a little bit more because I do think I equate service with that sort of like martyrdom. No one's appreciating me. Like, that whole thing. And um, it's really helpful to think about it. Like, Jesus didn't wait on people hand and foot. And we were just talking in a a recent episode about the Good Samaritan and how the Good Samaritan didn't take the guy into his home and give him his bedroom and, like, make him a five-course meal. He just got him the help he needed and then went on his way. And that was still very loving and good. But I think we think we have to do, like, everything. Yeah. Or at least I feel like that sometimes to really be being Jesus to people. But we don't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we just, yeah,
2: and in fact, that can cripple our relationship with Jesus because if what Jesus wants from me is more and more and more and more, and I have nothing left, what yeah. kind of a God is that? Yeah, you right. You know, and and I was I was out at coffee, uh, having coffee with a friend of mine who um, her husband works the night shift, and she's just exhausted. And mm-hmm. I was talking about this upcoming summer, our senior pastors on sabbatical, and so there's going to be a lot more on my plate this summer, and there's a lot on her plate, and we had this conversation about how can we love each other in the midst mm-hmm. of this, and I. Feel like the Courtney of five years ago would have said, let me babysit your kids. Let me bring you food. Let me do all the things for you. But we were both seeing each other. So we came to this understanding of like, I can watch her kids. And then she shows up with dinner. And like, Mm -hmm. we've both done things that are life giving to us, loving toward the other person. Without just let me, you know, give you the shirt off my back and the shoes off my feet and I'll just be over here starving to death. Um, Because that's not what God wants. And that's true in parenting. That's true in friendship. That's true in marriage. And that resentment that builds is such an unhealthy thing when we serve out of nothing versus, you know, we... There's a section in the in the book about vacation, Bible school, and just how by Thursday, we're all like the walking dead. Yeah, sure. And it's a wonderful ministry, and I so believe in it. But by Thursday, we have nothing, you know, like yeah. the kids are laying on the floor, we're laying on the floor. And like God invented microwave chicken nuggets for such a time as this, right? Yes. It's not, and now I feel bad because I didn't cook healthy food. God yeah. is like, I love you. Microwave the nuggets.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We talked about this last night. She texted I was on my way to softball practice with my nine year old and her friend, and I get a text from her, and it was a picture of two plates because she's got twin girls with hot dogs and Doritos. And she was yes. like, this- and she's a chef, and she's like, this is where I am tonight. <laughs> and I was like, and I died yes. laughing because I had just fed my kids hot dogs. Like, literally before yes. I walked out the door, I'd fed my kids hot dogs. And she was like, in Doritos too. I was like, no, mine were barbecue chips. Like, but, like that was <laughs> totally that was good, different. You know? And so, like, so Sometimes that's dinner and that's okay. And, and we were talking a little bit this morning, we were chatting before I came over here about like, cause I think another underlying part of this book, not just the spiritual disciplines, but just this, um, authenticity about how hard parenting is. Like yes, yes. It, it, like as a mom, it's just hard. And we were, we were just like throwing out some stories about how uh, things that we think sometimes they were like, do other moms think this? Like, <laughs> okay. do they really think that what I think about my child right now, or do they really yeah. do the things I just did? And then we, it's this, you know, guilt and shame spiral, you know? And I right. think what's great about this conversation is the honesty that like, it's hard. Like, It's great. And we love our children to pieces, but like they're a pain in the butt sometimes like, and life's just hard and it's, and, and mothering is hard. It's like the hardest thing we'll ever do. And I think we say that in a cliche way, but it's like, it's okay to say that it's hard and we don't always enjoy it. (laughs) Like all these things are okay to be honest about and to be honest with God about. And that was the other thing I got from this thinking about this discussion was like, a part of these spiritual practices in the middle of this really hard, intense season of parenting is that we're honest with God, that it's really hard mm-hmm. and yes. that like, and that we need him. Um, yes. Because I think at least for me, I like to pride myself on the fact that I don't need anybody. Like I can do it. Right. All. And, and I, 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 I can, I can take care of everything. And so I, I rel- I even do that to God. I even say, I got this. I can do right. this. It's hard, but I got this. And I think, being honest with ourselves and with all of our friends and our listeners that it's really hard and we need help
2: mm-hmm. um, yes.
0: is I think a good, um, a good discussion to have too.
2: Yeah. And that is the heart of the book is parenting is really hard. God wants to help. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's the, that's the book in a nutshell. This is brutally backbreaking work. God wants to help you. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. Not to take more from you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes.
2: Right. This is really, really hard. But if you just cared a little more, tried a little harder, you could be better at it. Like that is not this book. This book is, this is brutal. God wants to help. I I have a whole chapter on um, the spiritual practice of suffering, which is not something we seek out. It's something that just comes to us. Right. And, and I, we got pregnant with our third baby. And for whatever reason, I've had two sons, middling morning sickness. No big deal. Never threw up. Got pregnant with a girl worst. Like I would lead the opening prayers in our congregation and go throw up and come back and preach the sermon and go throw up oh and then greet people and go throw up. Like it was horrendous. It was, I was a mess. I could do nothing. I would come home and go to bed at 6 PM. And, and in writing this chapter, I gave it to a beta reader who was like, this whole chapter is about, um, I feel so miserable, but maybe if I tried harder and she's like, have you learned nothing in writing your own book? She's like, where does God show up in suffering? How does God meet you? And want to help you in the midst of this season of suffering. Um, and, and that's, that's the God we serve. You know, I think of the, the, the Mark, chapter 5 passage where this woman who's been bleeding for 12 yeah. years reaches out for Jesus and you don't touch men if you're a woman in first century Israel and you way don't touch rabbi teacher Jesus Especially and she touches him grief. yeah right i mean she is unclean on 16 different levels right yeah. this is <laughs> and and he turns around and he says he says daughter right like he uh-huh. sees her he loves her and that was the god i found in this book in these seasons of suffering and exhaustion and frustration 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 and preschool registration and you know just everything that goes into this exhausting season was God turning around and looking me in the eye and saying daughter like I see you and I love you and I'm here with you
1: yeah yeah and I think we have this misconception that like if we complain or acknowledge that it's hard that we're not grateful Right. And so then I think for me, like that's why I'm not always honest with God because I'm like, I'm so grateful. I'm like, obviously I love my kids more than anything, but like also, and I I guess I'm just learning that those things can both be true at the same time. And that like, you know, God already knows that. But I think, I think culturally too, it's like sort of this thing, like, well, some people can't have babies. Well, some people, right? and then it's like, we we're not honest about our struggles because we think people are going to judge us or think that we're not, grateful or like whatever and well we tend to
0: I I think um prioritize suffering or ranks up right rank is the word i'm looking for we yeah. rank suffering and so yes. so i think somebody could hear hear this or read start that chapter and be like well i'm not suffering i mean i didn't mm-hmm. sleep at all last night and i haven't slept in like 3 months but i'm not suffering because i didn't lose a baby or my parents didn't just die or i'm not going through cancer treatments or whatever and yes there are more intense seasons of suffering than other others but like parenting is hard and i i think it's hard for people to say that like they're suffering in parenting because then it sounds like um like you said, that we're not grateful, mm-hmm. but it, it, it is hard. Like, and it is a form of suffering to, um, and it's, and, it, and I mean, honestly, if you think of your whole lifetime, this season is a small season. Like, that's what I have to remind myself. And even I'm even out of the really intense part of it. Like I sleep every night, like, and mm-hmm. I don't wipe butts and my kids can bathe themselves, but it's emotionally taxing. Yeah. So it's like, sleep. right. It's different. hard. It's different. hard. Yeah. You know, you know, I've got, you know, know my daughter my nine-year-old daughter asking me that she heard the word suicide and what does that mean you know so there's like right. all new levels of mm-hmm. suffering if you will of having to have different conversations and stuff and then boys are going to happen you know all the things and so parenting is hard but it's also such a short time of our life and it's a really intense time of our life mm-hmm. and I, I think we forget like the toll that it plays on us yeah. emotionally um and at least my my tendency is to be like, I'm just going to push through. Like, mm-hmm. it's right. going to be super hard. I'm going to push through, but there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And and I only have 11 more years of this. So exactly. Then and <laughs> then they're going to go to college, you know, uh-huh. and then it's going to be better forever, which is not true either, because then there's a whole new <laughs> set of things that's going to happen. Yeah. And I think that's the key. Like, right. Yeah. Like, so like, we're, we're focusing on this like little period of life that's super intense, but like, we're going to come to another season of life that we still need to figure out how to do this. Like we could get to the, we're going to get to where our kids are going off to college, but we may be taking care of our sick parents. Mm -hmm. And like, and and so I think that's the other thing about this is like, this is not just how do we do spiritual practices as moms, but how do we do spiritual practices when life is just really busy?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes,
0: you know. absolutely. And I have folks who are reading
2: it who are men, who are not moms, who are grandparents. And they're like, I'm busy. Like, I get it. This is helpful yeah. for me. They're like, why'd you put mama in the title? I'm like, yeah, that was my bad. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 constant. And it's just different, but it's constant. And so the the lessons we learn in these seasons of the fire... Right, we'll carry them with us. They they transfer into the next season of life and the next season of parenting. Okay, so you've
0: you did. So how many practices in total did you do for thirty days? How many doctors uh, are there? I should know the answer to that. Ten. <laughs> Ten. <laughs> it was going to be twelve, and then I got.
2: First trimester death sickness and it turned into ten. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, so so the question then is so you did each one for thirty days. Are you still doing all of them? Or do do you do are you just doing a couple of them? Like I guess the question is what's stuck and what are you not doing?
2: anymore. I'm doing all of them for hours every day. I'm <laughs> very holy. <laughs> <That's the goal. laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I talk a little bit at the end of some of the chapters of the which ones we were going to sustain as a family or try to sustain as a family and which ones kind of went by the wayside. I think there are some key ones that it's, you know, to be a Christian means we have some sort of a prayer life and yeah. that may look different in different seasons. It might be more listening prayer or more contemplative prayer or more all I can say is the lord's prayer right now right cuz i i just need words that aren't my own yeah. mm-hmm. um some sort of interaction with scripture whether that's lectio divina or that's i still write scripture verses in the shower and that's my that's my time and so slowly those scriptures become a part of me but in busy seasons it's the same scripture in the shower for two weeks you know which i think God uses that God is like, clearly you need more time with this. So here it (laughs) is. Um, but other practices have kind of come and gone. Um, the the spiritual discipline of suffering is not on my plate right now. I'm so grateful. I know it will come back. Life is long. Um, some family practices, we do a modified version of the examine at mm-hmm. the dinner table every night. Okay. And we have tiny, tiny kids. So it's basically what was the best part of your day? What was the worst part yeah. of your day? And where did you see God at work in your day? Um, it is that simple. And the three-year-old doesn't get it. At all, but the six year old loves it and looks forward to it. And we learn things about each other and about God. So I think it, it will largely depend on where your life is. I think prayer and the use of scripture are something for every Christian, um, even though there are going to be seasons where if you have a newborn and you can't read your Bible for three months, like Jesus loves you. <laughs> it yeah. is okay. Um, but the rest of them come and go. I think in Lent, it's a great opportunity to press into a discipline we we know we need, whether that's fasting or um or something that we normally can't do all year, but we want to really specifically focus on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the seasons come and go and they shift around. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about following Jesus is we have different needs at, at different times. And, and he meets us in unique ways in those seasons.
1: Yeah. And I think the hopeful thing is, I mean, what you just described as the prayer of examine, a lot of families do and they just call it like highs and lows, yeah. I think it's so helpful when you start framing it this way because you're like, oh, I'm already doing this stuff. And then yes. you feel like, well, I, I can do this because I'm already doing it. I'm not starting from scratch. Like, you're literally already doing a lot of these things probably. Yeah, it's just right. a new way of thinking about it. So I love that. But I guess my question is, um, I struggle with when I'm doing discipline or practices. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like. So, for example, I don't like to exercise, but that's just something I, like, make myself do because it's good for me. So, I have a struggle when there's spiritual practices knowing, like, where do I need to push myself? And then where where is it just, like, this doesn't fit me mm-hmm. and I can just mm-hmm. let that go? Like, do you have any, like, kind of a, or insight into kind of discerning that as individuals?
2: Yeah, I think there, there are a couple – facets to the answer of that question. I think some of us, you know, we are all really unique in our personalities and I have this wonderful mentor in ministry. The man is wise, but he will admit like, if you want someone to pray for you, I'm not your person. Mm -hmm. I'll be like, God, please bless Rebecca. Like I just, he's like, you know, I I talk to God, I pray to God, but like, I am not your prayer warrior. That's not what I do. And so some of it is personality, right? Like if you are super extroverted, need to be moving, sitting still and contemplating God is never going to be your thing. Um, But maybe, right, maybe there's (laughs) another angle. For that, maybe you are yeah. a prayer walk person, right? Yeah. Or maybe yeah. you are a praying groups person, or yeah. whatever it is. Um, but then I think God also sometimes wants to challenge us, and there's something like celebration that I am not personally wired to celebrate, which is such a kind of horrible thing to say, right? Who doesn't like to celebrate? Celebration is fun. Um, But God is continually pushing me into this. What does it mean that Christians are called to play, to drink deeply, to enjoy God, to enjoy each other? And so there's kind of a a double-sided answer to that question. And one is, you know, go with your personality and say, God, where, you know, where do I connect most easily and best with you in ways that give me life? But also to ask the question, God, where do you want me to grow?
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: sometimes that's us asking the question. And other times that's someone from the outside who loves us enough to be able to say what you really need is, right? I had this editor who was like, you're bad at celebrating. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I am. And you've never even met me in real life. And you know that about me. <laughs> um your spouse will know, right? Your kids yeah. will know. Like mommy needs to work on patience, don't we all? Um, yeah. So to ask those questions and then be ready to to push into some of those things. For a season, the 30 days was so great because there was an end to it. Yeah. And then there were things I carried with me and things I carried on and things I was like, you know, I the end of the laundry chapter, I folded laundry and did listening prayer. And by the end of the month, I realized I really did neither because I hate folding laundry. And so I just never did. And then I felt guilty about both. Mm -hmm. So now I wash dishes and I do listening prayer and I'm begging my husband to get to be the laundry folder Um, because it just it it didn't work for me and they won't all work and that's okay. Yeah, that's
0: a good point yeah I like I like because most of them were alliterations but like they don't have to be alliterations in real life that was just really good for the book so it's like right. car rides and right. contemplation sleepy time and service but like your service yeah. so for me so my service is like as an example like yours is bedtime and I remember those days like I remember when you have a baby and then you have a nut and then you have a little bit older kid but not quite old enough to take care of themselves and you're like right they have two different needs and your spouse isn't there I mean it's I mean, it's like, it's a marathon. It's, it's, it's yes. really, really terrible. And if so, one of the four of us isn't sobbing
2: by the yes. time everyone goes to bed, it is a win. It, it is a win. It, you know, and yes. sometimes it's me. I'm just like, I
0: can't do it anymore. <laughs> yes. So, but like that, that phase is over for me, but like getting kids out the door for school in the morning, like yes. it brings out the very it's worst brutal. in me as a parent. Like uh-huh. I, there have been multiple times where my nine-year-old's gotten on the bus crying and I've had to message her teacher and tell her I'm so sorry, just so you know, <laughs> nothing really bad going on at home, but this is what happened. So, so no one
2: died, but she did say the science fair project was due this morning. exactly, Exactly.
0: Exactly. So, um, I have had to, um, I've had like, that is an area where I could definitely, be better about recognizing that that's a time of service for me because then once they get on the bus at 6 in the morning I have the rest of the day mm-hmm. but it's like this like right. short snippet of time for like 30 minutes that it's like all hell broke loose and yeah. so, My so house too. yeah <laughs> and so like bedtime is that for some other people you know and, yeah. and, and your t- stage shifts so I think I think we just going back to when we fit while we finish up here going back to like this isn't a prescription Mm -hmm. Like your book is not prescriptive. Your book is like a description of your journey and like, Ideas that we can get from that. You want to speak to that a little bit more because you know about what your book's about more than I do. But (laughs) yeah,
2: it's not a. Sometimes my books get shelved in the like practical living section or the Christian self help. And I'm like, I don't write self help books. Like, I don't write how to books. Nothing in this book says your life would be so much better if you just followed my plan. Mm -hmm. Um, This book is just about parenting is hard and Jesus wants to help you. And your life is unique. Your life is different. You know, you guys are out East and I'm out West and your kids are different ages and, and you know, or maybe you have kids or you don't have kids or whatever your life may be. God wants to help. And so what does that look like for you? Um, What do you need most? What do you need most from God? And and how does God want to show up in those places with you?
0: I think that's the way to start this. Like, I think at least for me, this is so bringing it personal to me, what I need to do, like I just did with the school getting to school in the morning, like what, like sitting down and like really thinking like, where are the areas that I'm like really struggling, like, to like see Jesus in. So maybe it's, Getting the kids off to school, maybe it's dinner time, maybe it's homework, like what, whatever it is. Maybe it's you know your ride to work every morning in horrible traffic. Whatever it right? is, that's like the real struggle for you right now, um, where you're struggling to see Jesus in that, and then start from there instead of saying, okay, I'm going to start with chapter one mm-hmm, and I'm going to mm-hmm. contemplate, and that's what I'm going to do for the next few right. days. And then and I'm going to exactly, nail it. And I'm saying this because this is what I do. Mm-hmm, like yeah. I am a very linear person. My brain works linearly, linear, yeah. literally, and literally. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so so i my first instinct would be like okay we're gonna i'm gonna do contemplation that's what i'm gonna do right Uh now because that's your first chapter or whatever we do when we pick up a book but i think with i think starting with this for our listeners and for myself thinking where do i need jesus like where do i need his help and maybe Mm -hmm. starting there and like what spiritual discipline can i do or spiritual practice can i do in that and in that specific area so. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great way to start. Where am I desperate for
2: Jesus? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I feel like we just need to like reiterate that like, you don't have to do any of this for God to oh, love totally. you. Totally, like, totally. Totally. You just, you have to go into it knowing like, I do not have to, I don't have to contemplate. I don't have like, it will be better for me if I do. My life will be exponentially better. But for God to love me, I don't have to do any of this stuff. And you yeah. have to go right. with it from that place to really be able to, get something out of it, I think. Because I think if you're going into it thinking like, well, God's gonna be really pleased with me if I like X, Y, Z, it's just not gonna work.
0: Yeah,
2: right, right. Right, and we think you know it's it's helpful for me to frame that like ha- the way you love your kids. If your kid brings yeah. you a bunch of dandelions at the park, you don't love them more. You're like, that was so great. Like they're expressing their love for me. But what I love is just being with them. I love being yes. with my kids most yes. days, not every day. Yeah. Um, but God is perfect, so He always loves being with us. But yeah. that's what God loves. It's not great. She contemplated for twelve hours this week, and I'm so pleased with her. Right. It's yeah. like His love for she us let is me just she let me yeah. love her, and now mm-hmm. she knows I love her. Like that's yeah. what God loves is letting us know that we are loved and when we show up we start knowing that on a deeper level and that's what pleases God is us receiving his love receiving his grace his peace his hope all of these things all of these gifts yeah
0: yeah Yeah. definitely okay so any other thoughts before we talk about when the book's coming out and all of those things um
2: no but parenting is hard and if you are a parent we love you and we see you and Jesus loves you more
0: (laughs) (laughs) yep and so the book comes out July 1st correct
2: it does. It comes out July 1st and, um, it's, there's audio book, which I know is really helpful for parents because then you can listen to it while you're bathing your children. Yes. Um, and, uh, there's a Kindle book version available and the free first chapter will be available on my blog for free. If people want to just give it a test before they, um, go out and buy it. Yes. CourtneyBellis.com. Yeah, yes. we'll have we'll
0: link to all of that. All of yes.
1: info. Because
0: the pre-order is like available everywhere you can get books. So, um, it's all out there and yeah. And any other resources you want to share or just that it's going to be on your website and you have everything on your website.
2: Uh, yep. Yeah, it will all be on my website, but you should all listen to woven and tell all your friends. Cause it's amazing.
0: <laughs> <You're so sweet>. <laughs> <laughs> so we were having this conversation yesterday about how like, it's really great. And we don't expect the people we interview to listen to us like religiously. So, I mean, that's not our expectation. I mean, we would like that, but it's not our expectation. But it's still surprising to us when people do listen. I'm
1: surprised when anyone listens. Like when someone's yeah. like, I listen to your podcast. I'm like, you do? Yeah. <laughs> <You're>
0: like, <laughs> I feel that about my
2: blog. People are like, because you wrote that. I'm like, oh, I did. And people read it. And now you know things it's about like me that just, I wasn't really happy with the whole public knowing. Like, why did I do that?
1: It's like you just think with these things where they just go out in the world and you're not physically like giving it to a person you're just like it's like we know we can see numbers and we know people listen and we know like how many people are downloading but it still just yeah. shocks me that anyone like yeah. listens to it so thanks yeah. you guys <laughs> it feels like a
2: separate realm the internet just yeah. feels like there's this other world over here where some alien people are listening and reading and clicking know, right? and whatever yeah, okay yeah. i want to
1: do one fun thing before we wrap up do okay. it so we were talking about service and i think mm, if I'm thinking about myself, but also other parents, I think dinner time is just a challenge on so many levels. So, yeah. can we walk through a dinner scenario with <laughs> Jesus right now? <laughs> a dinner <laughs> yes, scenario with Jesus. Do it. Okay, who's Jesus? I'm not Jesus. But Courtney's Jesus. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm going to be the kid
0: because you definitely, I definitely don't need to be the chef. You're the chef.
1: <laughs> well, okay. So I'm just curious. Like we don't have to actually role play. Um, that would get really awkward because I don't think any of us are theatrically inclined, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but just, okay. So like, so here's what I come into dinner with. I'm like, you know, I'm supposed to offer you healthy food. My job is to offer you a balanced plate. And if you don't eat it, fine. but, it's tricky, right? Because it's like part of you is like, I went to all this effort and now you're wasting money, right? Like you're wasting food. You're, yes. You're just being a punk. So like <laughs> what, like Jesus does call us to set boundaries, right? Like he calls us to discipline. He doesn't call us to just let our kids be punks at the dinner table. But like what are some, right. I don't know. I'm trying to think of like some examples for our listeners that would be.
0: No, no. I think this is this is a good scenario. I think every parent can relate to this.
1: Yeah. So, like, my kid literally. Whoever said, keep offering healthy
2: foods and your kids will eventually eat them, I have just thrown (laughs) thousands of dollars of broccoli away. Like, there's no, I've been doing it for years and still no one's eating it. So I'm like, you know, I think they're, they're, connected to Big Broccoli or something that people like It is a lie. Friends. It's like a,
1: a political action committee.
2: <laughs> yeah. Broccoli. Like Big Pharma, but it's broccoli. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's true. And the reason I know it's psychological is because my kids literally, as we said, had hot dogs and Doritos and refused to try a Dorito. And I was like, it's a Dorito. Like you like them and you <laughs> beg me for them, but because they're on your dinner plate, you don't want to right. right. Yeah. So I guess I'm just trying to think through because I mean, I think a lot of it is like we kind of feel rejected when our food is rejected or like when we do yes. something for someone and they're like, no, thank you. Yes. Yes. It, it makes you feel rejected. And then you're kind of dealing with this whole like, and then for me, it starts smiling and like, nothing I do matters. No one appreciates me. I'm right. like, right. you, you don't care. And it's and I the do.
2: end of the day. So all your yes. reserves are depleted already.
1: Yes. So like, I just am curious, where does Jesus meet us at the dinner table where we are just. Like, what do you think he's saying to you? I'm curious too. What
2: do you, what do you need most in those moments? Like, how are you feeling?
1: Rejected. Right. And defeated. Right. And kind of like, it doesn't matter. Like what I do doesn't matter.
2: Right. Everything me. you've done up to that point has not been seen or valued or yes. appreciated. Yes. Right. Yes. Like That's I exactly cooked, it. no one cared. I had to referee your shouting matches while I cooked. No one cared. Right. Um, you asked for macaroni and cheese. I made it. You didn't eat it. No one cares. Right. Yes. <laughs>
1: Yes. Yeah. That's how I feel.
2: Okay, so yeah. I,
0: I think I think that's the key to this is that you feel like nobody cares. But like Jesus still cares, right? Yeah. And and Jesus still looks and sees and loves you, even though the punks at the dinner table aren't yeah. appreciating you. So I think it's just this kind and Courtney can expound on this, but I think it's just this constant reminder that, and I have told tell myself this because all of my worth is tied to what I do mm-hmm. and people are appreciating what I do. Like I want people right. to appreciate what I do. And if they don't, then I'm not worthy. Mm-hmm. And so right. I have to like separate myself from these minions at the table
1: mm-hmm.
0: and say, even if they hate everything I ever fixed for them for the rest of Were they wearing
1: overalls?
0: (laughs) 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 And everything for the rest of of their lives, their little bitty lives, if they never like it again, like, God still looks at me and says, you're a good mom. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Right, that God has seen every bit of love that you put into that meal, yes. and and I love. I think there are a lot of uh, female Christian writers recently who are writing about the story of Hagar in mm-hmm. the Book of Genesis, and that she is the first person in Scripture who names God. Like mm-hmm. she calls him Elroy, which is the God who sees, the God who sees me. And I love that because she is a woman, she's a slave, she's not of the house of Abraham, she's been abused, right? Like, and she runs off into the desert, and she's just over it. Mm-hmm. And God meets her there and she speaks back to him and calls him the God who sees me. And I think like, that is everything as a mom. Like I, yeah. I remember when my husband and I were first married, I said like, I don't know if I want kids. Cause when you have kids, you become invisible dads don't become invisible. Moms become invisible. When my husband takes all three kids to Costco, people are like, Oh, you're so sweet. This is so amazing. When I take all three kids, they're like, lady, like get your kids under control. You are in my way. And, and so to be seen like that, the work you did preparing that dinner honored Jesus and Jesus honors that work that you did, regardless of what the kids say, like Jesus is at that table with you. And like, Yes. Jesus really likes mac and cheese and he was just so thrilled that you loved your kids enough to do that for them. Um, and I think just beginning to feel seen changes, everything It changes, so everything well, then you're, you're not, are like, valuable and loved.
1: Yeah. Then you're not angry at them for not meeting your emotional needs.
0: Right? Yeah. Well, I like, mean, you still might be, but Jesus meets you in that too. Right? Yeah, that's <laughs> like, true. That's true. Well, yeah. I mean, and I totally feel Hagar. Like, I want to run into the desert a lot. We talked about that this morning <laughs> too. And, like We would never really run away from our children, but we can see how people do we, it. We, like, totally get why people right. do it. <laughs> right. But, right, right, right. Really sometimes good. I just, you know, say, I want to get in the car and I'm going to go to CVS and I'm going to drive right past the CVS and just keep going to Tennessee yeah. or something.
1: Yeah. But I guarantee you that if if I really knew at dinnertime that Jesus was pleased with me, mm-hmm. that I made effort and, like, took care of my kids, if I really, like, could get that in my heart, yeah, I could brush off their little as just, oh, you're just a punk kid right now fine right you're being
2: seven and seven-year-olds be seven-year-olds you know and I think a piece of that is you'll find more peace but also sometimes Jesus will help you to to speak up for yourself with your kids. And just to say, you know, like when you say this about the dinner, it really makes mommy feel crummy. Cause the goal is not martyrdom. The goal is not finally, you're a Stepford wife and you're perfect all the time and you're patient all the time. You know, like that. sometimes God is like, yeah, like you need to address this with them. And not as a like heavy handed, how dare you reject my food, but like, Hey, we're all people here and God loves all of us. And when you say this about mommy's dinner, like how do you think mommy feels? You know, there's sometimes Jesus just fills you right up. Sometimes Jesus pushes you towards your kids. And that's Mm -hmm. the challenge is we will never have it figured out. But when we go to Jesus, he, he begins to show us, okay, this is what you need for this day. Like daily, it's daily bread because it's not going to work tomorrow, but it'll work today. Yeah.
1: That's such a good word. And that's exactly why I love that your book is not prescriptive because it gives an example and then it, puts you on your way to figure it yeah. out for yourself. It's I like, figure it out one day and the next day I'm like, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's yeah. really great. As you read through the days, I love it. Cause it's like, you're, you're very excited
0: for yourself. And then the next day you're like, well, so that's great, but. <laughs>
2: I, have one, I have one day on bedtime where I'm like, so pleased that I've nailed it. And then it's like day five update. Like, just kidding. The baby's been screaming for three hours and my husband's <laughs> at a meeting and I'm like, just, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Nailed it. Yeah. That's why that's when we always say, Oh, baby slept in the night and then the next night they don't. Yeah, that's why it's you don't tell anybody you that ever say it. Yeah. Don't put it out there.
1: <laughs> so yeah. Well, thank Thanks you so much. This yes, is really good. It is really good. It's a really
0: good. good resource. So believe us when we say it's a really good resource and go and buy it.
1: Yes, so, it is really good. Thank you, Courtney, so much for being on again. We really appreciate it. Thanks for think, having me. We're going to think of another reason for you to come on. Write another book. Deal. Right now so Deal. Like <laughs> <Come on. laughs> Perfect. Okay. All right, bye. bye. So till next week, we are on Instagram at Woven and Him. We are on Facebook and Patreon forward slash Woven and Him. You can also email us fullywoven at gmail.com.
0: And I'm Rebecca Pete, like the coffee brand. And you can find me at RebeccaPete.com where you can also find all my social handles.
1: Yep. And uh, I don't want to be found. So just find me on the Facebook for our uh, podcast and the Instagram, but not my personal. Bye. Bye. <laughs>